This is Pod Populi, podcast for the people. Well, good morning, Breakfast with the Broker, every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. or thereabouts. Uh, we had a couple of little technical difficulties, so we uh, got those fixed uh, and uh, ready for a Tuesday morning, which kind of feels like a Monday morning after Labor Day. So uh, hopefully you guys uh, had a great weekend and a great Labor Day weekend and enjoyed. So without further ado. And now, by way of Boca Raton, Florida, he is a luxury realtor, Douglas Elliman. He specializes in luxury coastal properties. He is the co-founder of the Intrepid Boat Owners Club. He's a member of the Boca Chamber of Commerce. He has been in the radio, movie, and television industry as an actor and voiceover professional. He's a husband, a friend, and he loves his Intrepid. Stand up and make some noise for Jeff Wilson. Hey, good morning, everybody. (laughs) How are you? Good morning. Thanks for having me, David. Oh, absolutely, Jeff. Thank you very much. And yes, you do have that radio voice. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I tell everybody I got it from my mom. <laughs> so um, tell me a little bit about yourself. You know, why'd you get in the real estate business and, and why luxury? Well, uh, years ago when I was a little tot growing up in Puerto Rico, uh, I was always fascinated by these beautiful homes uh, overlooking the water, beautiful view. They're just Incredible, and you always wonder who owns these homes. What do they look like on the inside? And I was always fascinated by it. Yeah, you know, um, so you know, your journey brought you to to Puerto Rico, and you know, and and it's uh, it's different. What what made your family uh, move to Puerto Rico and then back uh, back here? Well, um, my real parents split up when I was two, and I guess my mom met this guy, and they got married when I was ten. And all of a sudden, we're moving to Puerto Rico. And the only thing I knew would be like uh, Gilligan's Island. You know, I would be <laughs> talking out of coconuts and living in a tree. But, um, you know, it was their their industry. My stepfather is in the hotel restaurant business. My mom is in the marine shipping business. So uh, next thing I knew, we were going to Puerto Rico. That's great. So, um, you know, you know, interesting luxury real estate, you know, as you said, you know, the curiosity is, uh, is amazing. You know, people are like, Oh, well, who lives here and who lives, uh, you know, and, you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, luxury real estate and, and how it, you know, basically, you know, buyers ask you all the time or sellers ask you all the time, you know, how's the market? Well, how's the luxury market here in South Florida? Well, my answer is always going to be paradise is almost recession proof. Uh, I feel the market is, is, is still doing well. Prices are stabilizing, I think, a little bit. But I think there'll always be that person that can afford and want to live in South Florida. Who, would, who wouldn't? Yeah, no, agreed. And, and you know, waterfront itself, um, you know, is, 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 is so important. I mean, you, you, you live the boat life. Uh, <laughs> yes, I do. and, and, um, you know, you know, tell us a little bit about the waterfront. Um, you know, what makes it unique in South Florida, specifically in, in the Boca Delray area? Well, I mean, first of all, I think one thing that's very important to me in, in my life is my lifestyle. And there is a certain lifestyle that comes with living on the water, having the boat in the backyard, uh, and just having that that view to wake up to and go to sleep with. And, um, I just, I just feel that it's very, very important for me to be able to emotionally 
be able to sell where I would live. You know, sure. I, I wouldn't live out west. And my car stalls at Dixie. <laughs> um, but uh, I just feel that I, I, I can relate to my buyers and relate to my sellers a lot more if it's near or near the water or on the water. Sure. And, you know, um, you know, when you're uh, when you're going out luxury real estate, you know, everyone wants to know, you know, well, you know, how you get into luxury real estate, you know, um, where's your first listing coming from? How are you prospecting? What are you doing? You know, what value can you add to our listeners that maybe agents are trying to just increase their average sale price or discussing, you know, um, you know, maybe tactics or, or things that, you know, luxury realtors could be doing, you know, to enter that luxury uh, landscape? Well, I always say there's not one way to sell 10 homes, but there is 10 ways to sell one. Mm-hmm. So no matter what you're doing, uh, no matter what type of uh, a client you're going for, whether it's the new construction out west or the condominium market, uh, continue to do what you're doing. Uh, even if somebody's uh, listing a $10 million home or a $1 million home, there's still people. And, they, you know, you treat them like you would want to be treated. Uh, you're very professional. And uh, you make sure you know that market and, and how, to, how to manage and how to market that uh, type of house. And where, where, where are your clients coming from? You know, like a lot of our listeners are trying to, you know, um, you know they're real estate agents, they're, they're colleagues like you and I. Um, but they're also, you know, potentially looking and say, wow, you know, he's got a $6 million, $10 million, $12 million listing. You know, how does he get that? What, you know, what specifically, if you were an agent just starting out or maybe an agent that was experienced that says, you know what, you know, I, you know, I'm looking to get into that luxury field or that luxury clientele, you know, what would be the first thing or maybe tips that you could uh, add, um, to someone who is looking to get into it? Well, first, I tell them to go to another state. We don't need any more competition <laughs> around here. But, uh, no, to be honest with you, I, uh, my main source is pressing flesh. Mm-hmm. You know, getting out there, you know, knowing people and just loving meeting people. Uh, my wife and I go out and socialize a lot. We're members of the Boca Raton. Uh, we, we've gotten a lot of business out of there. You know, it's just really pressing flesh and getting to know people and you know, flooding the market with your marketing material. I hate every time someone says the Boca Raton. You know, and I know that's what it's I saying. And, and it's such a sore subject for me because I used to I used to work there as a valet and a bellman, and you know, and I I remember it as the Boca Raton Resort. I still uh, I still call it the Boca Resort and the Boca Raton Beach Club. And and uh, you know, when they change the uh, you know, I was on the water actually yesterday with uh, on my on my dad's boat, and oh, okay. uh, and uh, and I'm looking at that tower, and I'm real close up, and I'm like, yeah, I really still like the old pink. Yeah, you know, <laughs> and and I say the Boca Raton in case I have to be politically correct on your show, but I, I appreciate you saying the Boca Resort because I catch myself saying that all the time as well. I don't really like the name the Boca Raton, but uh, the resort is the way yeah. I've always known it. Still and, waiting for the monkey bar to really come back. Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely. And, and I'm hoping that's a, a base color they're painting and not right. the, the final color that right. they're painting the tower. It's just a primer. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping. You know, um, you know, it's interesting, you know, because as, as, you know, just talking about the Boca Resort and, and, and 
you know, what an amazing property is. You know, we, we always say, you know, like, you know, the closer you get to the tower, um, you know, the, 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 clo- you know, the more expensive the real estate gets and, you know, and certainly the most expensive areas, um, are surrounding the, uh, the Boca resort. Um, you know, you talked about, you know, really, uh, you know, um, pressing flesh and, and, and getting out there and building relationships and, um, you know, becoming either, you know, you know, and I always thought it was very important to do what you love, right? Um, you founded this or you co-founded this um, Intrepid Boat Owners Club. You know, tell us a little bit about that and what was the impetus for it? Well, um, I've always, I've grown up around boats. When I grew, uh, when I moved to Puerto Rico when I was 10, I immediately started working at a scuba diving shop and started taking the tourists out diving and was on a boat every day. So uh, the, the boating lifestyle is something that was ingrained in my uh, bloodstream long time ago. Um, I always knew the, in, the intrepid boat, and I love the, the looks of it and the lines of it and the quality of it. And uh, my wife and I were, were sitting at uh, a, rest- uh, a restaurant on the water, and uh, this guy pulls up in an Intrepid. I'm like, wow, that looks, how beautiful is that? And she's like, go talk to him, go talk to him. <laughs> so uh, I went over and talked to him like, right away. Let's go for a ride. And I was hooked. So uh, right then and there, my wife and I, we decided we were going to go get an Intrepid. And uh, we went and got one. And, you know, in between uh, Joe, uh, Mandolia, my friend and I, that we said, let's, let's, there's got to be a passion for these boats out there. And so we restarted the club. He had uh, started it years ago, but then we re kind of restarted it, and we've grown to almost a thousand intrepid boats uh, you know, really owners, cool. uh, part of our club. And we go to Bimini and we do raft ups and have a good time. And so it's not where we rent the boats. A lot mm-hmm. of people say, "Oh, you have a club? Okay, how much do you rent the boats?" Right. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, but uh, we we definitely have a good time. That's great. Do you allow anybody but Intrepids, or is it a just an Intrepid owner? Actually, if you don't own an Intrepid, you're not allowed to join the club. Okay. Yeah, and I have a lot of people that request that. Oh, I like them. I'm thinking of getting one, right. and you can't. Not yet. No, I and like it. And it's funny too because my wife and I were looking at a, a Tiara, another beautiful boat, mm. and they're going to kick me out of my own club. <laughs> so I said, no, we'll stick with the Intrepid. <laughs> I'm sure, you know, over the years, um, you've gotten business out of it just from, you know, because you talk about building relationships and, you know, and any club and any passion that you have uh, certainly brings in, you know, a, a business, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, I always, my, one, one of my, uh, my mottos, I guess you would call it, is if your boat's not in your backyard, give me a call. <laughs> you know, because that's, I mean, that's the best thing to do is wake up, be able to just jump on your boat and go. You know, right. I don't know. I don't remember the last time we went to dinner in a car. Right. We jump on the boat, we go to dinner, we go do everything on a boat. So you have to have it in the backyard. That's my, uh, one of my main uh, principles. But, um, you know, it's, it's, it's a blast to uh, be able to p- make the living on the water, boating on the water, part of your career as well. That's why I'm known as your neighbor on the water because not only I live on the water, but I sell on the water. Right. And, and, I, and I also, you know, and if you are buying a home from me on the water, I'm going to help you buy a boat. I'm going to help you learn how to drive the boat. I may even take you to look at the house on my boat. That's know, so that's, it's a, a lot of, uh, a lot of what I do. No, I love, I love it. Um, I, my, my parents got a, a Grady white, great boat, yeah, thir- uh, great 30, boats two foot Grady white and it's beautiful. Um, but you know, it's, it's the process, right? The process of, 
um, trying to um, dock, not dock, you know, not, not <laughs> you know, putting it on the lift, taking it off the lift, you know, cleaning the boat, you know, getting out there and understanding the the rules, yeah. uh, yeah. the etiquette of, of what would uh, I mean. South Florida, most people, most boaters don't have etiquette, but um, <laughs> you said it, not me, but that, you know, I, definitely you have to be a very defensive uh, boat driver. Yeah, but you know, the cleaning of the boat and the taking care of the boat and, and docking and all that—that's kind of like my zen. Yeah, uh, it's my moment alone where I can put on the music and just chill out and clean the boat. And you're still on the water, even if you're working cleaning the boat, you're on the water. Right. And it's just—it just feels great. That's awesome. So you you mentioned uh, um, briefly about you know showing homes on the water, right, and and, and showing it from your boat. Do you do this um, quite a bit? Um, you know, and and you know a lot of times what people don't understand, and maybe you could uh, uh, enlighten us, is you know you know the the width of 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 the canals, the you know the um, you know um, does the uh, the canal need to be dredged? You know what's the the clearance on the bridges and all these different things that, you know, a lot of agents uh, may not know and certainly consumers may not know. Right. Um, you know, so knowledge is power. So tell us a little bit about, you know, the process that you go through with, um, you know, someone who hasn't owned um, on the water. Well, there's there's been a time when I could not sell the house to them because their boat would not fit in the backyard. Right. You know, and it's, and it's kind of a shame, but you have to know, you know, I always ask, you know, if I'm asking you uh, how many bedrooms you need, it's the same thing as what kind of boat do you have? Or are you going to be getting a boat? What size boat are you going to be getting? And I have to know the, the width of the canal because it's there's houses across the canal. They have a boat and you have a boat and there's boat traffic in between. So you have to know the beam, which is the width of the boat and the length of the boat. Make sure that you have ten foot easements on both sides of the of the house, so you have to make sure the boat can fit, or at least be honest with them and say, if you are going to get a boat, this is the size boat you can purchase up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, and it's so it's really not a brain uh, brain science, but it is something that you need to know to be able to market the home properly. Sure, you know, and, and people think like, all right, well, you got a forty foot dock, well, you could fit a forty foot boat. It's not always the case. That's definitely <laughs> not the case. Definitely not the case. And, and so, you know, what, you know, um, and, and maybe you have uh, some uh, some wisdom, right? So, um, you know, what's the best canals to be on in, in Boca and Delray that you think? Well, I, I know that there are certain neighborhoods that have wider canals. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like Boca Bay Colony, their canals are amazing. Uh, Lake Rogers, uh, Boca Harbor tends to be a little bit smaller canals where I lived on 71st Street for a little bit. It's a smaller canal. Sure. But, um, you know, knowing your not only your canal widths, but also where is it positioned? Is it all, you know, is the house all the way at the end of the canal or is it closer to the intercoastal? That plays a little bit in value as well. But, uh, and also as far as what you said about dredging, you know, towards the end of the canal, there's usually a depth issue mm-hmm. that they have to contend with. So I like measuring the depth during low tide so they know what the, what's the worst case scenario is. Right. But uh, there's, a, there's quite a few things on a list that you have to kind of look into. When you're at the end of the canal, you know, you, you ha- typically you have a, a, a better view. Um, but typically that's not what a boater typically wants, correct? Correct. Yeah, because yeah, it not only takes you longer to get 
not only out of the uh, canal and into the intercoastal, but also, um, you know, you have more stagnant water sometimes. I know in Fort Lauderdale, uh, lots of uh, trash can accumulate at the end of the canal. I've never seen it up here. I don't right. know why, but it seems like either it's the flow or people are just cleaner. But uh, <laughs> you know, Boca Raton, clean people. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, but th- I think it's more the location than it is, you know, the what the canal has. Now, also, you're having a turnaround at the end of the canal, so your dock space might be a little smaller as well, especially if you're in that circle. Sure. Yeah, that could be an issue as well. Um, you know, I, I, it was funny, you know, being out on the water yesterday, I, I didn't notice it before, but the city of Boca Marine security, um, or city of Boca police security, um, has intrepids. Yeah. All the, uh, <laughs> and all the sheriffs, all the yep. Boca Raton sheriffs are all uh, in intrepids. We all wave to each other, try to stay on their good side as best I can. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I notice that too all the time. And any, anytime I, uh, I see a house on the water with a, an intrepid. I tend to knock on the door and welcome them to the club. Right. Hint, hint. You know. <laughs> introduce myself. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, you know, I saw that you, um, it, was, it was different, I guess, but I saw that you were in radio, movies, and, and television. Uh, how'd that come about and what, uh, and uh, anything that we've heard of? Uh, well, I, uh, when I was, Oosh, I don't even remember how old I was. Uh, I went into broadcasting school, and mm-hmm. you know everybody keeps telling me about this voice. So I said, <laughs> "All right, let me start believing people." So I, I went to a broadcasting school and uh, had a blast, and uh, started working at WXEL in uh, Palm Beach, the uh, sure. the, uh, the station there, uh, and it was also Channel Forty Two uh, for the PBS. So after working the, the midnight to seven in the morning shift for years and uh, not having a life, uh, they asked me to move to the television side of it. So I did and became a cameraman, uh, floor director, whatever they, you know, you're multitasking when you work for PBS. Sure. So uh, I got in front of the camera a few times and that was kind of fun. So I got an agent and just started working different commercials and voiceovers and and movies, I think uh, probably the the most famous movie I've ever been in was uh, Ace Ventura, Pet Detective oh. with uh, Jim Carrey. Uh, I was an extra, but it was still great to meet him and work with him. That was awesome. But, uh, you know, Florida is a non-union state, so it's it's kind of tough to, to make it here. Uh, in radio, uh, you know, you could get a great, great job in Kansas. <laughs> you can, you know, get, you know, have to move to California or New York if you're serious about getting in front of the camera. And I just wasn't, uh, I had no interest in leaving Florida. Right. I just love South Florida so much uh, that I ended up uh, leaving the career to go out and do something different. Certainly, your, your passion shows in, in, in boating and intrepid and uh, and South Florida real estate. Well, back then, what you may not know about is uh, when I was 30. Five thirty-six. I got into the martial arts, and uh, after eighteen years, I was when I left real estate the first time, uh, and uh, when I left, uh, it sucked you back in. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> it was back then. It, I don't know, it just seemed like a, a, the thing to do. But I went to work at a martial arts school, a dojo, and uh, fell in love with the martial arts. And after eighteen years, I opened up my own dojo. 
uh, again, the one in uh, Seagate and the one out west. So I did that for about 18 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, so, so I left teaching scuba diving to get back into real estate and left real estate, you know, to do the boating thing and then got back into the martial arts. So you basically held your breath, went back into real estate, then fought through everything, and I came back into real estate. Yes, <laughs> yes. It's like not, you love knocking your I head into the wall. I don't know who I was pretending to be fighting, but uh, you know. well, not you know. There's a lot of people I think that uh, you know, as real estate relates to uh, uh, combat fighting, it's uh, it's pretty apropos. <laughs> right, right. Well, it's only for de- protecting myself. So right, right. A couple right. little old ladies I had to protect myself against. <laughs> that one condo deal. Yeah, I'm telling you. So um, when, you know, when you get a nice listing, what are you marketing? How are you marketing it? Well, I have a marketing firm that, uh, I, that works with me. Uh, they're out of uh, Nebraska called Oh Hello. I love them. They're great. And then I also have a great marketing department in uh, Douglas Elliman. Uh, their marketing department and PR department is great. And then, uh, again, I have my own little, uh, my assistant and I, we have our own little marketing plan that we kind of put out together. But uh, it's, again, it's 10 ways to sell one home. You got to do, and 10 is kind of a low number. There's right. a lot of things that we do to market a home right now. Agreed, agreed. So um, you are, you also, uh, uh, with your wife, have done a, a podcast or have been doing a podcast uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I'm also becoming a life coach uh, through the Life Coach School. Brooke Castillo uh, uh, has a, a, a school that she put out, and uh, it's it's amazing. And probably most of the uh, the benefits of becoming a life coach are on myself, because uh, they say the first thing you have to do is kind of coach yourself. And with uh, the mindset and the way your thoughts are and the way you prepare for your day, uh, a lot of what I do with the Life Coach School I use on myself, and it helps me a lot. So my wife, uh, who's also a, a divorce attorney, mm-hmm. who is starting another uh, law firm that to be uh, to be announced, and then she's also a life coach as well. She's been doing it probably five, six years. She's amazing at it. She had a podcast. Well, she has a podcast called Your Amazing Divorce, and uh, we decided to go to in the work in the business together with the life coaching. And do the and I joined the uh, the uh, Your Amazing Divorce podcast. So we didn't kind of start a new one. We I just kind of sat in, and now we're together doing the podcast together, and it's a lot of fun. I, I love doing this. Being behind the microphone again, it's been such a long time that uh, it's kind of exciting for me just to get back in here. No, it is. I mean, uh, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. You know, people always say, well, you know, how do I get involved in podcasting or how do I get involved in being in front of a camera or Facebook Live or whatnot? And and really, it's just, you just got to do it. Just I mean, do it. I mean, literally, we all have something to say. And, you know, um, you know, there are people that are going to gravitate to you and there are people going to be turned off by you and you got to accept that and that's okay. Yeah. You know, not everyone is going to want to listen to uh, this podcast, but... You know, um, you know, our objective is to perpetuate professionalism and collaboration within our real estate industry and give value back to our real estate agents. And not everyone's going to want to hear that. Oh, you uh, still invited uh, me? <laughs> wow, that's great. All that professionalism and stuff. Well, listen, flip-flops are still professional, you know. Yeah, well, well that's my, my favorite thing about podcasts. I don't need to do my hair, you know. But, uh, yeah. 
So uh, I always end the uh, conversation on two questions. All right. Um, what is your favorite all-time streaming series or movie? And uh, what are you currently watching? Okay, I, I'm going to say my favorite was Game of Thrones. Oh, yeah. You know, only because it just, you know, the action and the way it's, it was, uh, the, the cinematography, and just, I like I loved it. And then uh, we started watching Westworld last night. Okay. My son gave me a few uh, tips on a couple of them. And... Uh, as intense as it is, we're trying to follow it, and I think that's what we're going to try to watch for a little bit. But we haven't really found that uh, that series that we love. So, um, besides Million Dollar Listing, of course. Right. <laughs> hey, we had Ryan Serhant on here. Oh yeah. Um, uh, not too long ago, a couple years ago. Um, you know, it's funny because uh, Game of Thrones. I'm not like a you know, Dungeons and Dragons or medieval kind of person. No, I really don't like a whole lot of fiction. Mm -hmm. um, but that series was ridiculous because it, it, I mean, I think the Red Wedding episode is basically yeah. what just, you know, kind of um, kind of hooks you. But um, the House of Dragons, I don't know if you've seen it yet, but it's, uh, you know, the prequel comes out every Sunday on HBO Max. And wow, they did a phenomenal job. There's only been three episodes that have been released so far. Right. And it's phenomenal. Have you seen it yet? I, I saw the first episode, <laughs> and I'm not buying in yet. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying. It, it, well, that that first one was, like, uh, like shocking, gory, and all of it. Yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> I think what happens is we uh, put on the show, and just so many things happen that I lose my focus on the show. Sure. You know, the dog's got to go out, the fish <laughs> need to be fed, the, you got to go clean the boat again. Uh, there's a lot of things. So uh, I'm trying also not to watch so much television yeah. and uh, listen to your podcast more often. And <laughs> of course, everyone is. Of course. <laughs> well, listen, Jeff, I can't thank you enough for coming in and uh, at Pod Populi in Boca Raton um, in Royal Palm Place. And um, you guys are doing uh, some amazing things, uh, not just podcasting, but uh, certainly selling a lot of luxury real estate. Is there a specific listing you want to pitch right now? Uh, well, I have a, a great listing in uh, Harbor East, mm -hmm. a 767 Harbor uh, Drive uh, on the water, of course. And I have a, another beautiful one. Uh, in Lighthouse Point, that looks like a little medieval castle with stained glass windows and everything. It's, it's such a unique piece of property. Uh, big water. It's, a, it's got a lot of water. But the, uh, the probably the one that I'm most excited about, uh, I don't know if you've seen that long pier sticking out in Lake Wyman. Yeah. We have a new construction going on right there. It's called uh, Manatee Point at Lago Mar. And that's going to be a, a three-story condo with uh, three units, each unit having their own floor. Uh, and if you want some renderings and some information about it, give me a call. Oh, that's awesome. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Jeff. Thanks for uh, uh, telling us a little bit about the new construction because uh, uh, there's not a whole lot of land to be putting new construction, certainly on waterfront anymore. And uh, we certainly appreciate it. Listen, Breakfast with the Broker every Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. We'll have another exciting guest next week and look forward to it. Have a great week, guys.